New developments in the Jesse Smollett case, he's been released on a $100,000 bond. Also, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox is live at the press podium giving new information about the R. Kelly case. And the other question is, when is the Mueller report being released? All of your questions are answered on episode number 77 of the Jay Gordy Podcast. This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. My name is Jay Doherty. Hopefully that new uh, intro there is it's a little bit different. I did a uh, pre-recording uh, and tried to mix the music. It wasn't the best thing in the world, but uh, hopefully we can work with it, and I'll try and make it better as time goes on. It's some breaking news that literally just came in here at the top of the hour. We're broadcasting live at uh, Saturday on Saturday, February 23rd, 2019, 2 p.m. sharp, 1,400 hours right now. There's a lot to talk about. As I mentioned, we'll talk about the R. Kelly case, the new developments that I wrote about on the Doherty Files about the Jussie Smollett case, uh, and then also... Uh, this mo- there's reports that are coming out of various news media organizations that are saying that the uh, Mueller report will be released to at least Congress next week, and we have the coverage all for it here on the Jay Doherty Podcast. The, the uh, breaking news reports that I'm getting, we've not corroborated these, uh, is that the prosecutors in the uh, Manafort case say that his criminal actions were bold... And that was uh, in a redacted sentencing memo. So, tons of different uh, uh, reports coming in. I've not corroborated them, so I'm not going to start with it until we have more details. But boy, is there a lot to talk about in uh, the Mueller uh, front. But before we get to any of that, I want to start with the actual, like, the breaking news that has been corroborated. The brand new news, kind of. And that is this R. Kelly thing. And we're going to talk about that right now on the Jade Ordy Podcast. So... There has been, for years, literally years, uh, tons and tons of allegations of young uh, people, particularly uh, girls and women and things like that, coming forward saying that um, Mr. R. Kelly uh, has, you know, uh, uh, assaulted them in some way. And, uh, of course, if you don't know, R. Kelly is a singer and songwriter, and he was set just a couple minutes ago on a $1 million uh, uh, bond on Saturday, that's today, and um, it was in his first court appearance following his arrest uh, of sexually abusing four people, and that includes three girls who were uh, underage. So it seems like, and it's been reported in the past, even before the uh, court, these final court hearings have been, uh, you know, that have, have occurred, he has been, you know, participating in some cult-like behavior, and that is according to one source. They say that it was very uh, cult-like. Now, uh, the press the other day, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the press yesterday was, you know, uh, basically harassing Mr. Kelly, asking him tons of questions about where it stands in his investigation and, you know, if he turned himself in, which he did yesterday, apparently. And uh, for about 45 seconds, the media was asking him questions. They were out in front of his face. And this was very early in the morning, about 6 in the morning when he turned himself in. He did this, of course, early because he didn't want the press to be there. But inevitably, they showed up. Are you innocent? How do you explain the video? No responses, of course. Tons and tons of cameras. We'll have the video on the website, uh, j-story.com. But yeah, that's what happened. He goes through. 
tons of uh, press asking him questions and things like that, and uh, he ignores all of them, which is, you know, standard practice and things like that, but he does he does have a mugshot, he is, you know, being, um, being you know, prosecuted and everything, but uh, the final, the where it stands right now is he was set on a $250,000 bond for each case, so it was split up into four cases, of course, because there were four people who came forward, their reports were confirmed, then... The bail was set at a total of $1 million, because 250000 times 4 is a million, of course. And that that's what happened, and um, the reason this is so relevant, obviously, in the news, it's because it's just a big story, but also, uh, you know, all the hearings and everything that's been happening have been taking place in Chicago, where I'm broadcasting live from, and where I do this show. So a lot of news that's happened out of Chicago, the Jussie Smollett news, the R. Kelly news, there was an Aurora shooting right outside of right, right outside of Illinois, and this has gotten national coverage. All three of these stories have gotten national coverage. So um, it's it's very interesting. Now, if we look at the way this this happens, uh, and, and the way that each side is kind of responding to this, Michael Avenatti, who is uh, Mr. Uh, who is representing representing uh, the victim or one of the victims of uh, R. Kelly's abuse, he's a lawyer. He said a lot of things uh, about Mr. Kelly, and uh, he was very displeased with the way he's reacted to it, how bad his behavior has been in the past, and things like that. And uh, he is representing again, one of these, uh, victims who were involved in the R. Kelly case, uh, who've come forward and their reports of sexual abuse have been confirmed. This is Mr. Avenatti at a press conference, uh, kind of just overall, uh, denouncing Mr. Mr. R. Kelly. I want to send a message to the enablers of Mr. Kelly, to the agents and the managers and the attorneys and the others who stood idly by and looked the other way and turned a blind eye while teenage girls were sexually assaulted for over two decades. I will not rest until each of you is brought to justice. We will uncover evidence relating to your participation in these crimes. Mr. Kelly did not do this alone. He did so with the assistance of all of these folks. And it was all, let's be clear, in the interest of money. These people, these agents, these attorneys, and these managers, they looked the other way while these young girls were taken advantage of instead of doing the right thing because they didn't want to kill the golden goose. They didn't want to interfere with their own individual paydays. And as far as I'm concerned, they are just as guilty as the predator R. Kelly. It is disgusting, and every parent in America should be disgusted not only by the conduct of Mr. Kelly, but by those that turned a blind eye, that looked the other way while this occurred for over two decades. And that's what happened over there with Michael Avenatti, and that was him uh, talking to reporters about who he is representing. Now, there's a full indictment, which you can read on the website, j-doherty.com, uh, and he, uh, and the actual link is j-doherty.com slash indictment. so you can go over there and read the full offense as filed uh, by, uh, you know, municipally uh, by the state of Illinois and Lee Cook County, uh, which is where, you know, of course, the whole Chicago land, um... And, 
you know, the indictment is actually real interesting. So the the offense is aggravated criminal sexual abuse. So you know, that's a lot of brief. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, preface there to to his crime. I mean, you know, there is those are all different kind of. Um, you know, acts. It's almost all of them are, uh, you know, independent of each other. Or at least they could be. Sexual abuse is a crime. It's and it's a legitimate crime that you can be. You know, it's, it's a title. Uh, criminal sexual abuse is one, and av excuse me, aggravated criminal sexual abuse is another. So he really checked all the boxes in terms of what you can do. Uh, you know, your, you know, now what what uh, the law uh, is you know, against and everything, so he really messed up, he's a terrible dude, and he is, uh, certainly now, unfortunately for, a, you know, a long time, uh, gotten away with this, but now it's all catching up to him, and he's being, uh, you know, released on a, <clears throat> on a, uh, one million dollar bond, so that's where it stands right now, but a lot of times, you know, this happened a long time ago, it's not like this is recent, this happened more than 20 years ago, and it fortunately is catching up to him, so... That's where it stands right now. If you want to read the full indictment again, that is the link. Now, if we look at the other side of this, where Mr. Kelly's attorney, and boy, does he have a hard time with his job. Uh, his name is Steve Greenberg, and he spoke to the media right after uh, R. Kelly surrendered and turned himself in. One of the cases seems to be a rehash of the conduct he was acquitted for. Double jeopardy should apply to everyone, including R. Kelly. That case shouldn't have been brought. And the last case is a case did involve some allegations in the late 2000s. I know the police have been aware of those allegations. They investigated them. And unfortunately, the state's attorney now succumbed to public pressure, to pressure from grandstanders All like right. Michael so, Avenatti I mean, he just, you know, and brought these He goes on and makes a bunch of excuses about past things. And, you know, it's really actually important to look at the past because he has a criminal past. There were allegations in tons of confirmed reports that he was involved in a child pornography scheme. There were allegations that, and confirmed uh, by some sources, that he was involved in some cult-like behavior with, uh, you know, sexual abuse of minors and things like that. And then there's also uh, tons of misconduct allegations that were uh, made in the 1990s that have never even been followed up upon. And now, you know, most of it, but not all of it, is catching up to him. So this dude is a bad, bad guy, and he is certainly being charged for it. Uh, and hopefully more charges are pressed upon him and uh, the states uh, er, and, and, you know, the the uh People who have been abused and, and things like that, they come forward and they go after him as they should. Uh, so that's where it stands right now in the R. Kelly case. No new details except for this one where uh, Kim Fox, the uh, Cook County State's attorney, came forward and kind of confirmed all of the reports of his bond being set at $1 million, four counts of uh, aggravated criminal sexual abuse for each $250,000. That's a total of $1 million, and that's the story we are reporting on right now on the Jay Doherty Podcast. Next up, we're going to be talking about the new developments in the Jussie Smollett case. There have been tons and tons of new developments, and I have just looked at the whole entire timeline of when everything happened. It's all coming up next in episode number uh, 77 of the Jay Doherty Podcast. Wow, that was ear-shattering. 
That was really loud. I almost broke my headphones there. I probably should have <laughs> realized how loud that was going to be, but who cares, right? So, um, first of all, if you didn't look, please, I encourage you to please your eyes and go to thedohertyfiles.com because we just did a major redesign, and it looks really, really good in my opinion, much better than it ever has before, uh, and I highly, strongly encourage you to go over there and uh, look at it. So, we're going to go through this whole entire article that I wrote on the Doherty Files because you really have to understand exactly what happened in this case. So, uh, the main story here is that Empire actor Jesse Smollett, the headline, uh, has been uh, arrested for filing a false report about a hate crime, according to the Chicago Police Department. The CPD informed the media that he was taken into custody just after 5 o'clock CST. That's 5 o'clock in the morning, and uh, that's in 24-hour time, so, you know, that's why it's 5 o'clock. Um... He is charged with uh, disorderly conduct for perpetuating the false crime. And then in the original report, Mr. Smollett alleged that the two men, each wearing uh, a, a black, attacked him and yelled racial and homophobic slurs while both men were wearing Trump campaign app apparel. And they were saying, uh, make America great again and other, you know, Trump slogans and things like that for his campaign. Just basically he alleging that they uh, were saying... Uh, you know, terrible things about, um, you know, minorities and that they were also Trump supporters. So then after three weeks of conflicting and urgent reports from prosecutors, the police department, Mr. Smollett, the attackers, and so many others, the final update was given on Thursday morning of last week. Anthony Jujliemi, uh, the chief communications officer for the Chicago Police Department, had constantly been tweeting not only about this uh, story, but also so many others. He did a great job. He said that the state's attorney's office had approved a felony charge of disorderly conduct against Smollett, and then in a press conference uh, at uh, the Chicago Police Police Department, where they briefed the media, it was made public that Smollett issued a payment to both of the men for $3,500. Uh, CPD Superintendent Eddie Johnson was at the press conference, he actually made all these details public in the first place, and he did a really, really good job of summarizing exactly what happened, and, you know, I think he deserves a lot more credit than he has gotten for this, because uh, clearly they put a lot of time, not only with him, but also the people who stood... Um, alongside him in the case and uh, asked, you know, questions and uh, also the, the people who led the investigation that was, you know, that was collaboration between the FBI, um, uh, the Marshal, the U.S. Marshal, the ATF, and so many others uh, that, uh, you know, uh, helped uh, lead the investigation. So, I write about this on the Doherty Files. I even point out the exact quote, which we're going to listen to right now, uh, and basically, Mr. Uh, Eddie Johnson, Superintendent Eddie Johnson, does the best job of out, uh, you know, outlining exactly what happened in this case. First, Smollett attempted to gain attention by sending a false letter that relied on racial, homophobic, and political language. When that didn't work, Smollett paid $3,500 to stage this attack and drag Chicago's reputation through the mud in the process. And why? This stunt was orchestrated by Smollett because he was dissatisfied with his salary. So he concocted a story about being attacked. And that's where it stands. That was uh, Mr. Eddie Johnson's statement about Jussie Smollett. I don't think anyone could have said it better, and he summarized the whole case in just a couple of sentences. Very good job uh, by the Chicago Police Department and anyone else who was uh, involved in the investigation. 
but back to the main point. At the time that this was revealed, at this time the whole story about Mr. Smollett, at the time this whole payment was revealed, and the final investigation was completed, um, you know, Eddie Johnson went on to say that we just didn't have the total package to support that it was a hoax in the beginning when people were alleging it. So they didn't want to say anything, uh, you know, in, in definite, you know, in a definite manner before it was, you know, confirmed. Um, which is just police activity, it's normal protocol. Um, he said that this investigation didn't turn in the direction of Mr. Smollett being a defendant until the 47th hour that we had two individuals in custody. And I want to walk through here the uh, uh, Mr. Jujuliemi, who is the chief, uh, again, the Chicago uh, Police Department chief communications officer. He constantly tweeted out case updates and things like that about Mr. Smollett. He said uh, at uh, on February 20th, uh, when it was made public and confirmed that Mr. Smollett was a suspect, he said, quote, Case update, Justice Smollett is now officially classified as a suspect in a criminal investigation by the Chicago police for filing a false report. D- detectives are currently presenting evidence before a Crook- Cook County grand jury. And then he replied to his own tweet, or uh, that was his reply to that tweet. But before he even said that, he said felony criminal charges have been approved uh, by the uh, Cook by Cook County against Jesse Smollett for disorderly conduct and filing a false police report. Detectives will make sure uh, will make contact with his legal team to negotiate a reasonable reasonable surrender for his arrest. They did so, and then uh, he turned himself in at about five in the morning the next day. Again, that was on uh, Thursday. So as it stands. And as this has been charged upon him, what he did was a class 4 felony. Not an extended uh, class 4 felony, but according to 730 ILCS 5-5-4.5-45, section 5-4, uh, for a class 4 felony on section A of the, or subsection A, I guess you could say, and I know that's a lot, but I have the whole law, I went through the law book and looked this up, the sentence, and this is a quote, the sentence of an imprisonment shall be a de- uh, determinate sentence of not less than one year and not more than three years. The sentence of imprisonment for an extended term class fel- 4 felony, which he is not being charged for, as provided in section 5-8-2, 730 ILCS 5-8-2, shall not be a term less than three years and not more than six years. So he's not being uh, charged in those cases, although he will most likely, or he was going to most likely, um, you know, face uh, one to three years in prison, but he paid off his bond, which was set at $100,000, and the other part of the agreement was he is going to uh, have to terminate his passport, so he's not going to have a passport, can't leave the country, Uh, so uh, at least as it stands, so that's what happened there, and that is where the Justice Smollett stands, so if you go through basically a timeline and the way that other people looked at it, uh, when these initial reports of Mr. Smollett uh, being you know, a suspect uh, in the case. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted out, what about MAGA and the tens of millions of people you insulted with your racist and dangerous comments? Hashtag MAGA. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I guess it, it worked out well for Donald Trump saying, you know, people aren't like this when in fact they are. And it's really sad that he doesn't acknowledge that, at least directly. Uh, and then 1040, about uh, 31 minutes later, Chicago Police Department held a press conference, which I just played a clip of with Eddie Johnson and detectives. And then on four at 4:59, it was confirmed, and uh, Jesse Smollett was, uh, you know, released from court on a hundred thousand dollar bond and the termination of the passport. And then Friday, well, and then as all this was going on, Fox TV, which is uh, the empire, uh, the the network that hosts and provides and distributes 
The Empire Show, which he is an actor on, um, saying that they had a statement about, you know, the status of Mr. Smollett's employment, or the lack, the status of his lack of employment, and then on Friday, they cut him off from Empire, and the portion of the statement reads, The events of the past few weeks have been incredibly emotional for all of us. Jesse has been an important member of our Empire family for the past five years, and we care about him deeply. While these allegations are very disturbing, we place we are placing our legal trust in the system as the process pays plays out, but then... He then they cut him uh, from the show, so he has no role on the show anymore. And for some reason, he thought this would increase his salary. I have no idea why. I don't know how this would increase his salary whatsoever. When you pay thirty five hundred dollars for your friends to come attack you, yelling racist and homophobic things, with literally more than fifteen cameras watching you simultaneously against the uh, one of the best Chicago and federal, uh, uh, you know, agencies in the world, you think that's going to increase your salary on a TV show? <laughs> it's not how it works, buddy. I'm just saying. So, I don't know what his logic was. I think it was a really stupid idea. And, uh, yeah, that's where it stands. He's released on a $100,000 bond and seizure of his passport. Next up, we're going to be talking about uh, the new developments in the FBI special prosecutor, special uh, uh, counsel Robert Mueller, and uh, Andrew McCabe, who is the former deputy director of the FBI when James Comey was fired, said he talks about his employment uh, of with Robert Mueller as his boss. But then on the Stephen Colbert show or the late show with Stephen Colbert, I want to get that right. Uh, he also says why they were so quick to prosecute him. And it's a good answer. It's all coming up next on episode number 77 of the J20 Podcast. Alrighty, so this is where it stands right now. Andrew McCabe, the former uh, deputy director of the FBI, was on Stephen Colbert's show, and he said a lot of things about the uh, Robert Mueller investigation. Of course, he can't reveal any specifics, but uh, Stephen Colbert asked him a couple of questions uh, about the Robert Mueller investigation, and... uh, uh, Mr. Mr. McCabe had a uh, pretty, pretty good answer for him, I have to say. This is Stephen Colbert's question, and then we'll listen to Andrew McCabe's response. Let's get to the, the Mueller probe for, for just a moment here. Is there anything in the last two years that makes you less suspicious of the president, or is less indicative that he had an improper relationship with the Russians? Possible collusion or conspiracy? No. <laughs> Did I answer too quickly? No. Okay. See, that, that's, that's the fun part. He says, no, did I answer too quickly? And then, you know, overwhelming, over overwhelming uh, cheers and applause, of course, for Andrew McCabe. He said, did I answer too quickly? I thought that's a good story. I thought that was a uh, very, very good story. On the other, more serious front, though, there was a New York Times article and reporting that uh, stated that Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, gave prosecutors information under oath about the Trump family business that uh, Trump may have not wanted to know. Maggie Haberman, of course, from the New York Times, wrote that story, and she was on Anderson Cooper's show last night to discuss it at 8.24 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so, Maggie, talk about your new reporting that Michael Cohen offered up to federal prosecutors in, in New York. Do, you, do we know how detailed it got, or, or what do we know about it? 
As we say in the piece, uh, Michael Cohen met recently with prosecutors from the Southern District of New York, which is where he pleaded guilty, uh, to talk about the, the Trump Organization and information related to insurance claims. We don't have more details than that. Uh, we don't know where these insurance claims were uh, processed or what they were for specifically, but that is what he talked about. Um, he also was asked questions about Imad Zuberi. Zuberi is the one individual who was mentioned by by name in the subpoena the Southern District issued to the Presidential Inaugural Committee uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was a, a more of a business transaction between Cohen and uh, Zuberi than Zuberi had let on in an interview with the New York Times. Uh, there had been some check that he had written to Cohen for $100,000. Cohen apparently didn't deposit it, uh, but Zuberi had played it off to us as if they had barely had any interactions. What this all adds up to, we don't know. But remember, Cohen is going to be testifying three times next week, two closed doors, one in an open setting. I think there are going to be a number of things he's not allowed to talk about, but it's really just, again, a reminder um, that, that he remains one of the biggest threats to the president, not just now, but going forward. That's a good point. And uh, I think Maggie Haberman has done, along with the whole New York Times and also the Washington Post, they have done the best the best covering the uh, Robert Mueller report. All the news, of course, but more specifically, the Russia investigation and new developments. And, you know, I think what's really interesting is they done, they've done all this so well, and there's been no leaks within uh, the, the reports and things like that. So, good job by the New York Times and uh, the Washington Post. I don't think they get enough credit, so... I have to point that out. Um, on MSNBC, Donald Trump... Uh, was talking, and I think this is a an uncorroborated report that I'm getting here uh, about Mr. Manafort and his criminal actions. Supposedly, there was a uh, redacted sentencing memo about Mr. Manafort uh, that that said that his criminal actions were bold. And for some reason, there was a highlighted clip uh, uh, with Donald Trump talking about uh, Paul Manafort on MSNBC. I brought Paul in because a very very smart friend of mine who knew him very well said he is fantastic. All right, so that, that's a part of the report, and uh, I think Trump is actually standing by his claims, and uh, there's actually a part uh, in uh, when, when Trump was in the Oval Office where um, they ask him specifically uh, about Manafort, and they ask him also about the Mueller report if he has spoken uh, to the new attorney general who will uh, inevitably have the uh, control over the release soul or the the you know potential release of this document, uh, uh, you know Robert Mueller's report, which is uh, said to be released as soon as next week. So, uh, you know, will that be to the public? Who knows? No one really knows. Uh, and it looks like it's not going to be. And to be honest, I don't think there's going to be anything totally damaging. There will be tons of crimes, but there will be no direct collusion with the Russian government and Donald Trump himself. That is my prediction. I think there will be tons of crimes, uh, specifically financial crimes with Trump, the Trump business. But where they will get him is not in the Mueller report, but more specifically the uh, Southern District of New York investigations, which have been prosecuted executing him for a little bit uh, shorter of time, a shorter length of time, but they will get him there, not in this Mueller report. That's my prediction there. But anyway, uh, the way this works, the way the whole process works when there's a special prosecutor that is, or a special counsel, uh, the Mueller himself will draft the report, the final report, he'll give that final report to the Attorney General, William Barr, who will read over it. And then deliver that report to the uh, Senate House or the the House Intelligence Committee, which is led, of course, by Adam Schiff, who has a very contentious relationship with the president. And um, 
In fact, as we as I played on, uh, I think it was episode seventy, where I covered the State of the Union live, um, at the day at, or uh, Donald Trump, um, you know, mentioned uh, the Mueller investigation, called it a ridiculous partisan investigation. The camera panned to Adam Schiff, and the next day. Mr. Schiff subpoenaed all of his uh, tax returns, all of his financial, oh, not tax returns, sorry, all of his financial information, so he did not respond with words or facial expression, he responded with action. Alright, so that that's the real reasons, and now, um, you know, that, that I point that out, but the important thing to know is this first step of Trump submit or, or the Mueller drafting the report and Mueller delivering that report to William M. Barr, who is the uh, new attorney general who has just been replaced by acting attorney general Matt Whitaker, who was the chief of staff for the former, former attorney general Jeff Sessions, who was fired by Trump. But now it seems, at least from what the president has said so far, that he has found the right guy to be the attorney general, and that is William P. Barr. He is liked very well by both sides. Democrats and Republicans say that he has a phenomenal relationship uh, with the American people, with everyone within you know Congress, with everyone that he knows and things like that. He's known to be a trustworthy guy, and he knows, you know, how to prosecute things and how to handle situations, uh, even when they are tough. And he's also the appointee of Trump. The other important thing to make note of, and I don't know if Trump knew this when uh, he appointed him, Mr. Barr and um, Mr. Mueller have a very good friendship-based history together. So, Mueller and Barr know uh, know each other, and they work together, and uh, they uh, are good friends. So, it'll be interesting to say, to see what happens. Of course, that begs the question, has Trump spoken to Barr uh, about the Mueller report? Has he spoken to Barr about his previous relationships with uh, Mr. Mueller? And uh, that was a question asked by a reporter a couple days ago in the Oval Office with uh, U.S. President Donald Trump. Have you spoken to Bill Barr about the release of the Mueller report? Have you spoken no, to him about not. that? You've no, said I, nothing to him I have not. Do you expect to? At some point, I guess I'll be talking about it. But you know the nice part? There was no collusion, there was no obstruction, there was no anything. So that's the nice part. There was no phone calls, no nothing. We have a, uh, I won a race. You know why I won the race? Because I was a better candidate than she was and had nothing to do with Russia. And everybody knows it's a hoax. It's one of the greatest hoaxes ever perpetrated on this country. So I look forward to seeing the report. If it's an honest report, it will say that. If it's not an honest report, it won't. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's what he that. says, and, uh, you know, that basically goes on, and, I mean, it's just insane. You know, that's what Nixon says. Why would he say all this stuff? Just let the report be released, and it'll speak for itself. You don't have to constantly say all these crazy things uh, about the Mueller report calling it a witch hunt. You can't characterize that, because these people... They're vicious intelligence agencies. They are vicious. They will go after you. They'll go after your family. They'll do whatever you need or whatever they need to complete their investigation fairly and honestly. Now, before Trump was even asked about this, uh, in the uh, remarks that he gave, uh, he kind of went on a tangent, as he often does, uh, when he declared the national emergency for the border wall. Trump was talking about uh, William P. Barr, of course, the new attorney general, and he said to him, he asked him to enjoy his life. So I just want to thank everybody. I want to wish our new attorney general great luck and speed and enjoy your life. Okay. Bill, good luck. A tremendous reputation. I know you'll do a great job. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank and you. that's where it ends right there. He goes back into the Oval Office. I don't know what he was supposed to mean when he said, 
enjoy your life and things like that. It's very it's very interesting statement. Mr. Barr is a qualified attorney, and uh, he is going to, do, and I think, do a very good job, at least based off his uh, former reputations uh, as a lawyer and as an attorney. So I think he'll do a great job. Hopefully he does a good job, and uh, hopefully he's not fired by uh, Donald Trump, as it was his former uh, attorney general, Mr. Uh, Jeff Sessions. So, that's where it stands right now with uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Trump and Mr. Barr. What I think is also really interesting um, is the the response when when um, Mr. Barr was being confirmed unanimous, or not, you know, when he was being confirmed in the Senate. Of course, it was kind of already a basis, and it was a prediction that, okay, these people are going to vote for for uh, Barr. He has great reputation. He is phenomenal at what he does. No questions asked he's going to vote about him. But there were questions, as there always are, in uh, testimonies and, you know, Senate confirmations and things like that. So when they were asking William Barr about his... Uh, you know, uh, con- uh, confirmation to be to serve as the attorney general. One of the very interesting questions came out specifically about the potential releasing of the uh, Russian probe led by Robert Mueller. To which Mr. Barr responded, if "Confirmed. I will not permit partisan politics, personal interests, or any other improper consideration to interfere with this or any other investigation." Good. I will follow the special counsel regulations scrupulously and in good faith, and on my watch, Bob will be allowed to finish his work. My goal will be to provide as much transparency as I can consistent with the law. When his report comes to you, will you share it with us as much as possible? That's Lindsey Graham. Consistent with the regulations and the law, yes. I am going to make as much information available as I can consistent with the rules and regulations that are part of the special counsel regulations. So that's what he says. You know, I think it's interesting to look at this. He always, you know, as as often uh, people who are being confirmed by the Senate do, they say, I'm going to do this consistent with the rules. Now, technically, I mean, there are rules that are just very basic about, you know, you can't leak things, you can't do this, that are within special counsel, you know, permits. But... You know, uh, for the most part, Mr. Mueller makes the rules about when it's released, even though the draft goes to the Attorney General and he has the ultimate control. So it's interesting to see his response. I think he could not have responded better, but let's keep listening. I'm in favor of as much transparency as there can be consistent with the rules and the law. It's hard for me to conceive of a conclusion uh, that would, uh, you know, run afoul of the regs. as currently written. I don't know what, what uh, at the end of the day, what will be releasable. I don't know what uh, uh, Bob Mueller is, is writing. What yeah, I- as, no one, as no one does, and I think that's a fair point, because literally no one, except for the people who are on Mr. Mueller's team, which, according to reports, is a very small amount of people, uh, are, and according to numbers, you look at the amount of money they spend, it's nowhere near the hundreds of millions of dollars that were spent on previous political investigations about issues that were far less important to the sovereignty of our country. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think he could not have done a better job, but he goes on and talks about and takes a bunch of questions and makes uh, preliminary statements about the future uh, of the Mueller investigation. What I am saying is my objective and goal is to get as much as I can of the information to Congress and the public. And uh, 
you know, these are departmental regulations, and I'm going to be talking to uh, Rod Rosenstein and Bob Mueller. I'm sure they've had discussions about this. There's probably existing thinking in the department as to how to handle this. But all I can say at this stage, because I have no clue as to what's being planned, is that I am going to try to get the information out there cons consistent with these regulations. And to the extent I have discretion, I, I will exercise that discretion to do that. And Mr. Giuliani said the president should be able to correct the Mueller report before any public release. So in other words, he could take this investigative report, put his own spin on it, and correct it before it's released. And that's a, a Democratic senator from uh, Vermont who's asking him the question, uh, Mr. Lee, and uh, that who, sorry, I just want to give context for that because it's a part of this clip. Uh, go, uh, so we'll continue to play the clip with Mr. Lee. You commit that would not happen if you were attorney general. That will not happen. And that's what he says. That's the end of it. And uh, I think he did a great job. I think he, I mean, he was pretty much, you know, without a question going to be confirmed. But uh, that's where it stands right now. And I think he did a phenomenal job. Mr. Uh, William M. Barr confirmed. And by the way, just for context, if you don't know, he mentioned Rod Rosenstein and Bob Mueller. Rod Rosenstein, of course, is the uh, United States Deputy Attorney General, uh, and then Bob Mueller, of course, is leading the, uh, he's the special counsel leading the uh, investigation into Russian collusion with the United States of America within the Donald Trump presidential 2016 campaign election. The report is supposed to be drafted to Mr. Barr, which will then be handed on to Congress, which will then potentially, parts of it will be handed to the American people. Uh, you know, eventually the whole thing will come out. It's just a matter of time, which it seems to always be within politics. I think we're going to end it on that note on uh, 36 minutes and 51 seconds right now as we are broadcasting live right now with uh, 31 people in the chat room right now listening live to the podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening here today on the Jay Doherty Podcast. <laughs> We're going to end it right now. Uh, 312-625-8492 is the number if you want to call in and uh, let me know what you think about all this stuff and more. The lines are always open 24-7. The number is 312-625-8492 if you want to call in. Let me know exactly what you think about all this political stuff. Also, if you have a suggestion, comment, suggestion, comment, concern, practical joke, Anything else you want to talk about, the number 312-625-8492. Thank you so much for listening. Listen to the weekly file and get the latest news every single week in your inbox. When you sign up for the newsletter at thedortyfiles.com or at j-dory.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week to bring you the latest news and potentially even tomorrow about the Mueller investigation and the potential releasing of it. Thanks so much.